This audio is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on SiriusXM. Hello and welcome back. I'm Barbara Kahn. I'm the Patty and J.H. Baker Professor of Marketing here at the Wharton School. And of course, in the studio is... Professor Americus Reed, the Whitney M. Young Jr. Professor of Marketing here at Wharton. That's awesome. Do you know that's the Red Hot Chili Peppers? That, What's that? that? No. Yeah. You, you, you weren't, your head was bopping to it. I liked it. Okay, you liked it, right? You just didn't know it was... Okay. I had no clue. There you go. It was music. It was, yes. That, that's really good. That's, that's, a, that's good. A, the first level of cognitive processing. <laughs> right. I can identify... Oh, that's music. Yes, yes it, it is. It was music. I had that's a beat. Correct. I got yeah. that part, too. That's awesome. That's very very cool. good. Super awesome. So this is Marketing Matters on Business Radio. Marketing Matters airs live every Wednesday from 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern Time, and we replay it several times during the week. And in our studio today, yeah, who do we have? Well, Americans? we have one of our esteemed colleagues. Uh, this is Professor Ron Berman, who's actually going to be joining us as our guest yeah, in the next be segment. A but he's so in the good. Next segment. <laughs> he's so good. I'm so good. He's so good. We yes. had to bring him in early. Right. He's right? a fellow marketing professor. And we have a really good expert as our next guest, Peter Adams. He's a reporter and the associate editor of the wonderful newsletter, uh, Marketing Dive, which really goes into Deep dive, deep dive on a lot yeah. of marketing issues. So. And there's always like news in marketing. Right. Like, and you know what I mean? so exciting. And we have to come up with stuff for our classes so that <laughs> right. we, we're always looking for good examples, right? Cool Definitely. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. since we have an expert on the phone yeah. and an, ex- an extra expert in the studio, <laughs> we're gonna, we got this co- covered, right? It's, it's awesome. It's like the show is like very, very cool. What a, what a return on investment for our listeners. <laughs> yes, it's amazing. Exactly. Hello, Peter. Are you still with us? <laughs> I am. How's it going, guys? <laughs> very good, Peter. Thanks for your patience as we goof off here. Uh, no, we're, of course. We appreciated the chili peppers. <laughs> that you is got awesome. it, huh? Even Peter gets it. He knew it was music, too, Barbara. So, anyway. So, you know, Ron wasn't familiar with Marketing Dive, so why don't you tell Ron all about Marketing Dive? Sure. So, we're, uh, we're a digital media trade publication um, focused on the marketing and advertising business. Um, and specifically, we really dig down into sort of digital transformations impact on marketers' strategies, whether that's, um, you know, the third parties they choose to work with, with agencies and consultancies, or how they're leveraging platforms like, you know, Google and Facebook, but um, sort of cover a a very broad span, uh, but all through sort of the digital transformation lens. And you might have heard that America's introduced Ron earlier in the show as he's the one who teaches our digital course. He is our guru. Yeah. So this is going to be really a synergistic (laughs) conversation. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. Plus he got his PhD. Ron got his PhD in Berkeley, so he knows all about Silicon Valley and digital. (laughs) Ron is looking at us like, like, what are these two... People are crazy. We're setting them up for the like expert. Lower expectations. <laughs> yeah, right, that's the question, exactly. right? Exactly. Where is Marketing Dive headquartered, actually? Yeah. So we're actually based in, in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. We have a, a parent company called Industry Dive. Right. I know um, Retail Dive. Yeah. So we, we cover a bunch of different markets, um, utilities and other ones. So it's, it's pretty diverse. Um, but we figure D.C. You can be near the hill, but also a quick trip up to New York whenever we're doing, you know, retail or, or marketing related stories as well. So just before we get into some of the issues, how does your thing work, though? Because I, I read Retail Dive every single day. And a lot uh-huh. of times you guys will cover stuff before even The Wall Street Journal and New York Times. So hmm. do you uncover these stories or do you look uh, how do you find out what you report on? Um, well, I, I think we staff great reporters to give a, you know a shout out to to the teams here. 
Um, but yeah, I, I think uh, because we have a, a little bit more of a narrow focus for some of our publications versus something like the journal, which covers retail and marketing, but doesn't solely cover um, mm-hmm. those two areas. You know, we have fully staffed teams here that just focus on a, on a handful of beats, and that helps us kind of stay on top of all of the news versus just the really big stories. And I, can, I think it can be easier um, to, to thread together some of the narratives that maybe other publications that are more broadly consumer-focused might miss versus a, versus a trade publication. And just one more question before we get to the stories. Are your reporters tend to be young? Uh, we're yeah, so we're we're a fairly young <laughs> office, I think. Um, yeah. You know, the the company started with just I think like twelve people, maybe six or seven years ago. I think we just came up on our seventh anniversary, so um, it's definitely like a, a startup vibe. Nice. Um, but yeah, it's a, it tends to skew young, but um, the people here definitely know their stuff for sure. Oh very yeah, cool. no, the quality is very high. But oh, I was nice. just wondering if yeah, the lens like was a, a little bit different uh, just because of what what you find interesting or yeah. what you would go after. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I was watching this show TMZ. Have you ever seen this show? Yeah. You, you, you know how they show like the team and they're sitting around and the guy's got I don't I guess the owner, the co-founder, whatever, <laughs> right. got the cup and they're like talking to each other. Is it, is it that kind of a vibe, Peter? <laughs> no, it's a little more laid back. <laughs> it's a little more laid back and has just a little bit more journalistic integrity, America. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so cool. what what do you think is the hottest new marketing story? We have some ideas, but maybe we'll just start with your idea. Yeah, given so you're the reporter and expert. <laughs> right, yeah. So so something I've been watching a lot more closely is um sort of um how retail marketers are are starting to to grapple more with the the Amazon question and how they can better leverage their their media networks to attract brand dollars and and the two big players in the space doing a lot of stuff there right now are um Target and Walmart. Mm. Right. Uh, probably not surprising, but um and, you know, they've been moving sort of pieces into place for a while because I think they look at Amazon and they see Amazon's advertising business has been one of its fastest growing business mm-hmm. categories for, for quite a while now. And they're concerned about, I think, like most companies are about mm-hmm. what Amazon uh, faces uh, poses to them as a competitive threat. Um, but just in the past couple months alone, the amount of, um, you know, acquisitions both reported to be in talks and completed by these companies that have to do with ad technology and marketing services, along with um, the fact that the two of them both made their debut at the uh, IAB's Digital Content New Fronts earlier this month, which I went to, um, sort of the annual pitch that the big platforms like YouTube give to advertisers and agencies to, to attract more of their um, spending um, is, is really interesting to me because you don't typically think of a, a Target or a Walmart as in working in the content. same way as a, yeah, as a Facebook or a Google or even a YouTube do. But they're so will they just keep that online, or you think they'll bring it into an omni-channel strategy? That is really actually very interesting. The Walmart News Channel or the Walmart Entertainment. Well, wow. Yeah. The well. So yeah, Voodoo is their streaming service, which is what they brought to the new fronts this year. Um, and and we're really uh, hawking uh, uh, pretty pretty hard, um, mm. but yeah, the the question of the omni-channel thing is, I think that is their core uh, focus with this stuff. Because when you go, well, why am, uh, advertise with you guys when Amazon's where everyone's shopping? Mm. You go, well, we have an enormous physical. Um, oh. footprint and, and retail network. Um, and that's, you know, one of the reasons why Amazon uh, acquired Whole Foods and is now building out Their all these stores, Amazon Go yeah. stores is to have, you know, that first party data that brands are really hungry for, not just online, mm-hmm. but also in a retail store. And part of the reason 
Target and Walmart are, are eyeing acquiring ad tech companies is to figure out, so we have a ton of this shopper data um, and this first-party data. How do we turn that into a, a marketing solution that brands can use to better target their ads? Wow. But does that mean you're – are you predicting they'll create content too or they won't? They'll take other content and just show it in their stores think, or something. Well, how do they do that? They're, they're taking different approaches. So Voodoo um, is, a, is a pretty big deal for Walmart, I think. I'm not exactly sure how much revenue it drives for them. I mm. imagine it's pretty small. Wow. Um, but, you know, one of their new fronts things is that they are creating original series. Um, and one of the ways they're differentiating from, you know, other streaming services like a Netflix is the, the thing they really hammered home on at the new fronts earlier this month was, you know, we're creating programming uh, for, for middle America. Oh. Uh, mm-hmm. I forgot what the exact executive quote was when he was on stage, but he said something like, it's not for people in Silver Lake and Williamsburg. It's for, <laughs> you know, everyone in between. And he was kind of yeah. tongue in cheek about it, you know, like the small number of cities in between the coasts. Yeah. So I think they're trying to go for that. Yeah. Sort of middle America yeah. market that's, you know, probably under underserved when it comes to, to content like that. And, and that um, was obviously that was the first thing that popped into my mind when I heard the word voodoo was middle yeah. America. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, when you said that, that just sort of just like just stopped me in my tracks, Peter. I was like, what? OK, that's weird. But, you know, like you started out when we were asking about how you might differentiate yourself from New York Times and Wall Street Journal is that you said, you know, I'm going deeper and more narrow. The idea that Walmart is yeah. capable of creating content and selling and doing this and doing that, that seems to be the opposite direction from mm-hmm. what you were implying about why Marketing Dive is so good. Yeah, well, one of the interesting things is all you just listed out of what they're doing is, again, think about Amazon. Um, started off as an online bookseller, and now they've got Prime Video Streaming, they do all the e-commerce stuff, and they're diversifying faster than ever. And I think Walmart looks at that and they go, okay, our, our physical retail sales are good, which mm-hmm. is quite rare. Um, mm-hmm. So why don't we try to do that as well? I know, but I just it. don't love that idea that, like, everything in the world is going to be produced by Amazon, Walmart, and Target. <laughs> you know? like, there's something about that that's yeah. not ringing yeah. true to me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ron Berman, what do you think about this? Because I think that part of what you talk about in the class is like the changing landscape of kind of the digital platforms and how consumers are migrating across these things and and their behaviors are changing. What are your thoughts on this? So usually I ask my students, the younger ones, Mm -hmm. what do you use? What do you read? Yeah. And uh, (laughs) things have changed dramatically in like the last two years. Two years. Two years. They all read newsletters. Like they subscribe. They pay for newsletters, which to me was like... You know, going back 20 years, basically, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, everything is blogs or newsletters, newsletters. So I, I, I don't know if Marketing Dive is a paid subscription or not, but if it it's is, a, it's, it's actually a newsletter. So are you a paid subscription? Nope. No, it's, okay. uh, it's ad supported. Yeah. So, so a lot of my students are like, no, we're actually paying, I don't know, five dollars a month or two dollars a month or something for this newsletter and this newsletter and mm-hmm. this newsletter. Mm-hmm. And, and they're all like converging on these popular things I've never heard of before, oh, of course, until yeah. I ask them. Uh-huh. Um, that's one thing. And the other thing is they're being driven crazy by too much offer, offering of content, mm. too many streaming services. Interesting. And, you know, you want to watch this series, but it's on this service only. And, you watch and then this you have one. to pay for all of them. And Disney now is going to take away everything from net, like all of the Marvel stuff from Netflix away. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's pretty unclear what's going to happen, at least on the content side. Interesting. Uh, and everyone's just waiting. Interesting. Um, a little bit of a shakeout. 
Yep. And I had the, the Refinery29 CEO come to my class and oh. he said, what all of these companies don't have is content. Like mm. they want to create streaming services. They don't have original content. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be a lot of smaller content creators just trying to create all of these. So gotcha. we're expecting to see a big change. Interesting. Interesting. Amazon, like Walmart versus Target. I, I, I don't, don't know. know. <laughs> like I, you know, I was kind of happy with NBC and CBS. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's really interesting. But this is, I think it's to Peter's point, right? In the sense that you'll, you're going to have kind of these, this is going to be an entrepreneurial opportunity, right? Like create a company and, de- and develop really good content and just let these big, you know, monsters buy you out, basically. Is that, I mean, is that kind of part of the prediction, Peter? Um, I think that could definitely happen. Um, I mean, you've seen, uh, like, studios that are that are more dedicated to producing content for, for streaming versus uh, linear television or, or even specifically um, for platforms um, like Netflix. Uh, so I think that's, that's definitely a possibility. And, and part of the question, like you said, I mean, content creation inevitably leads my mind to think of something like influencers mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. who have slowly morphed into, you know, people who make uh, three-minute videos on YouTube every day to people who have TV shows on Nickelodeon or something. Interesting. Um, and Interesting. so there's a couple companies that are actually all mm. about managing influencers and figuring out where that pipeline is, is how do I start off as someone with a big Instagram or Snapchat or YouTube following mm-hmm. and then turn that into a short digital video series or mm-hmm. a streaming series. Mm-hmm. Um, and you see that happening across the board. So, yeah, it wouldn't be surprising if if, if Walmart and uh, Target tried to tap into that stuff as well. Well, let's shift gears a little bit and talk about, like, creative branding strategies. So mm-hmm. there's a couple things that have happened, like the new Coke thing on, what was it, on Netflix? That Netflix, Netflix yeah. more yeah. streaming stuff, yeah. Yeah, that, that and maybe you can talk about that, or Taco Bell opening a new hotel, or, like, I mean, these are clearly branding kinds of plays very different than traditional advertising yeah the the taco bell one is um (laughs) i I feel like taco bell was pretty early to the punch in a lot of these experiential uh very like immersive experience-led marketing activations oh wow but those have become uh so popular at this point that i feel like maybe they're feeling pressure to to up the ante a little bit so yeah (laughs) later this summer they are uh, opening a, a hotel and resort in Palm Springs, California. Wow. Um, and when they say opening a hotel. <laughs> is that for middle I, America, too? I yeah. mean, who's going like, I don't I, know who that is. <laughs> People who really love Taco Bell, I guess. Yeah. You know, Peter, we're, we're, we do radio. I wish you could see Barbara's face right now. It's just, I mean, the, the, it's so, it's cringing. And it's just like I can't the, even picture I know, right? it. But maybe that's, that's the that's the genius of it, right? Maybe it's like, I, I got to go see what this is, right? right. I mean, maybe that's yeah. part of it. Yeah. I um well yeah I mean there there's just from the description sauce packet floaties so all the whole the whole works or you can get um, salon art and fades inspired by oh, Taco wow. Bell but it's one of these things where you know if they just came out of the blue and did this mm-hmm. I think people mm-hmm. would uh, you know scratch their heads and go why would I not just go to a normal hotel um, <laughs> right, have, exactly yeah slowly over the years um, just kind of inched their way towards something like this. Mm. Um, so, wow. you know, little pop-up activations here and there. They did a partnership with Airbnb in Canada a few years ago where you could rent out a Taco Bell, uh, like, restaurant location for the night. Oh, wow. Um, that, now that sounds there. fun. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. And That's then there's cool. the whole, um, there's sort of premium <laughs> cantina locations. It started in Las Vegas, but they offer stuff like wedding services. Oh, jeez. Um, so <laughs> wow. I think the, the people the who work in there... Wedding. 
Yeah, their marketing department are with probably... Elvis. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're, they're, they're <laughs> cannabis customers, yeah, probably. That's right, Taco that's Bell right. people. Yeah, but that, I think, I mean, if you want to pull in Elvis, that'd probably be more like fried chicken, though, right? <laughs> oh! I'm here all week. Thank you. Thank you very much. Another yum brand. Yeah, right, right. Interesting, interesting. But I think the idea, the notion that, you know, trying to create... I mean, this is very much consistent with having to reimagine you know, how the customer experience is going to play out and, and right. retail changing, right, Peter? And so you, we're, I mean, it's just going to be, I mean, is it going to get just crazier and crazier where these ideas are just going to get so... It's also brand identity stuff. Absolutely, though, like, absolutely. You know, and to his point, I mean, this is apparently on brand for Taco I mean, I'm more of a Chick-fil-A guy, so <laughs> I, don't, I don't really keep up with Taco Bell, but it sounds like this is kind of their, this sort of irreverent, sort of edgy, yeah. you know, they do this stuff apparently. Yeah, absolutely. I think the the trap that more marketers are falling into is that Taco Bell again, like organically kind of found this, like they said, well, maybe we'll do this. And people came to it. And then they said, well, why don't we try wedding services? And people came to it. They weren't coming out the gate going, hey, you can get married at a Chick-fil-A. It <laughs> wasn't their starting pitch. They yeah. saw a clear, really dedicated fan base. I think the issue that's yeah. happening now is other brands look to cut Taco Bell and they see the success they've had with this stuff and they go, well, mm. why aren't we doing that? And, mm-hmm. um, I, I can't remember. I saw something, but the the focus on activations over just normal brand building, like your standard brand building, making sure people like your brand before you go and do this crazy stuff, is not only leading to this huge uptick in volume for these types of things, but it's not playing out the way other people expect it will. Um, so they see the Taco Bell success, they want to replicate it. Um, but it's a tough thing to pull off, and it's yeah. a lot more work and consideration than it might seem like it does mm-hmm. on paper. Mm-hmm. So do you know um, a failure? Uh, off the top of my head, not necessarily. There's a great article that was written in the New York Times, though. I forget the um, reporter's name, but she spent the entire summer last summer uh, basically on sort of leave to just go to as many pop-up activations as she could have. Oh, wow. And she cool. said it was the most, like, dis- depressing experience of her life. Oh, wow. <laughs> like, because so many of them are so samey. And they don't differentiate from each other. And it's just, you know, show up here, take a picture for Instagram. And, leave, mm-hmm. and it's actually... That's got to be a trend that's going to go away someday. I mean, that Instagram stuff, I don't know. Right. Um, <laughs> and it's just, it's the, it's, the, it's the glut of volume and the lack of quality control. And, uh, you know, marketers... And the lack are... of sense. Yeah. <laughs> <There's some laughs> that that. Um, but, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how well the Taco Bell Hotel does. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's just, uh, it, it'll be interesting to see how the, the space shapes up for sure. Have you been following, and I don't want to put you in the spot if you haven't, but have you been following the Foot Locker stories, what they're trying to do with their new Foot Lockers? Uh, not necessarily, no. Oh, okay, because that's more retail dive, I guess. But they right. were doing things where they're focusing on young people and they're opening up power footlocker stores and you know trying. Then one of them is going to come to Philly, so I'm super uh, well, excited. Sorry, about but that. so what is a power footlocker? Well, they store? do things like scavenger hunts or things oh, that are really wow. focusing on like it, you know. I think one of them, the original one, was in Detroit. Then uh-huh. they went to L.A. Okay, so really going after the street culture and I see. like the Nike kind of because footlocker is big with Nike. Right, so right. and Nike's been doing a a lot of really interesting things. Yeah. Um, yep. So, do you have is Nike something you follow? Then Nike is something I follow um, when they when they have uh, yeah sort of the less um, you know the the more sort of digitally oriented campaigns. Um, so they um, recently partnered with with Fortnite um, on a on a you know sort of quote unquote sneaker drop. 
their first exclusive digital sneaker drop where oh, wow. um, the Fortnite, the video game, uh, you just you don't get a physical pair of shoes, but you pay money um, <laughs> to have your character in the game. Wow. 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 Um, wow. And, of course. You know, <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Ron Berman, do you, I mean, this is like the kids, right? You're teaching yeah. these kids and you're like, wow. My, my, my friends do I'm that. I'm not talking about the kids. Okay. The students, we'll call them that. Let's call them I'm, the students. I'm shocked that they're reading, so I'm giving them that. That's yes. awesome. Yeah, right. But, but are, they, are they looking for this kind of stuff? I mean, this all the is time. A, all the time. All like, the time. just please. Digi- ha- digital products? Digital products. Is that products. What it is in their games? Yeah. Like, wow yeah. me. So, you know, even sitting and watching someone else play a game mm-hmm. for hours, someone else is playing. You're just so watching. So you're the audience for you're someone else audience. playing a game. Yeah, it's a big, giant industry. Interesting. Giant industry. Huge. Yeah. P- Peter Adams, how much are people paying for these virtual sneakers? So the um, but they're Jordans. <laughs> are, are they? Uh, the classic uh, Air Force One. Air Force One. Uh, oh, they went I with think I have a pair. Oh, maybe I should virtualize it. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. They're probably worth a lot of money. So, yeah. Well, so that's the thing, right? It's like it's not even a new sneaker. It's like the classic black and red colorway mm-hmm. Jordans. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the skins go for um, you know. So, so the thing to know about note about Fortnite is you don't actually pay for the game. It is a free game. Mm-hmm. Right. But it makes a ton of money because it sells these exclusive, they're called character skins. And um, they're priced between, uh, I think it's like $13 and, and, and $20 roughly. Uh-huh. Um, so, so, yeah, I mean, people will pay that much uh, to, uh, to have their character wear a fake pair of digital <laughs> wow. Air Force Ones. What's, what's not clear when that story first broke um, is whether Nike is getting a split from the revenue mm. um, or whether it's just a, an awareness play. Because you think about, um, like what you said with Foot Locker, like really eager to reach young kids or, or, or like millennials and stuff like that um, and trying to think of new marketing strategies to do that. You know, Fortnite is where teens are spending their time. They're not watching <laughs> as much TV. So how do you do that if you see the guy you're playing against in Fortnite wearing Air Force Ones? That could be a, a pretty powerful brand awareness play, and maybe Nike isn't even looking to get any revenue from it. Oh, yeah, just for the brand. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. That's maybe, actually great branding. That's fantastic right. branding. Yeah. yeah. Maybe Warden can get in there. Yeah. Whatever he thinks. <laughs> like, you know, like, 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 yeah. little characters in Fortnite can go to the Warden school and, like, and, you know. Uh, marketing class. Marketing class. That's <laughs> yeah. right. Professor Berman's class. You can take it. It's very expensive. It's 13 bucks, but, you know, for that's one class. So. You, you kid, but it's not that far off, right? Right. I mean, it's, it is an amazing way that marketers have this ability to kind of innovate and figure out new ways to make us kind of, you know, live out our because it's identity, right? I mean, you're sort of, you're a character. Yeah. It's your virtual identity. It's like why why not be cool in this world? But it's yeah, interesting. Right? Both all of this is like the shopping has changed a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You buy online for most stuff, so you only go to the store for experiential things. Right. And your advertising is no longer linear TV, right? So, right. Right. So the experience and what you're doing is really different now. Totally different. Yeah. Yeah. So it makes sense that the advertising, the brand dollars are going to go in different ways. Totally makes sense. So what else is going on in marketing? Anything? Is there any big news today? Uh, today? Well, this is sort of related to, to what we were talking about with, with um, Target and Walmart is LinkedIn, um, sort of a quieter player in the digital advertising space, um, yeah, acquired uh, this ad tech firm called Drawbridge. Hmm. Um, and it's, I imagine, the same sort of motivation that, that Target and Walmart have at the, at the moment right now is you know, they, there's a there's a real demand um, for for sort of alternatives to to Google and Facebook as they continue 
um, to, to get hammered with all these right. public image crises mm-hmm. and concerns over transparency. And I think uh, this is the reason why you're seeing a lot of people across different categories. So retail, I mean, LinkedIn is predominantly a, a networking platform. It's B2B. Yeah, stuff, HR, so, yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I think a lot of, uh, and you know, LinkedIn's owned by Microsoft, um, which isn't a huge yeah. advertising player, but it does own, um, you know, Bing and then a few other products that generate, you know, a not inconsiderable amount of revenue. So I think, you know, you're going to see more mm-hmm. people uh, sort of smell an opportunity here. Um, and so I, the drawbridge acquisition is didn't make huge waves. Uh, it was kind of uh, buried in a in a company blog post, but it is something. <laughs> yeah, that that's pretty buried. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we need a marketing dive to go in there right. to find that. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Well, that's pretty cool. Well, Peter Adams, thank you so much for being with us tonight. It's great to have you, and of I course. really hope you'll come back again with more news. Yeah. Definitely. Awesome. Thank you, Peter. And if you're interested in keeping up with Peter, head to marketingdive.com or follow him on Twitter at PatchAdams03. When we come back, we're going to continue with our wonderful colleague, Ron Berman. Ron Berman is in the studio, ladies and gentlemen. And (laughs) And we have so many things to ask you. Yeah, he's going to talk all about (laughs) sample size. Unlock that brain Statistical issues, which you've been dying to know about. So you're listening to Marketing Matters. I'm Barbara Kahn with my co-host, Professor Americus Reed. And this is Business Radio on Sirius. XM 132. For more guest interviews, check out our Wharton Business Radio Highlights podcast on iTunes and Google Play.